Whether you're standing room or sitting in a cheap folding chair, you're in good company. Get your beverage of choice and get ready to enjoy professional wrestling conversation. You're listening to the Bingo Hall Boys. My name is Jake, and joining me is my co-host, Mitch. Mitch, how's your week, man? That's good. It's good. It's good. It's still a quiet summer. Got a couple of disc golf tournaments coming up, so nice. Weeks ahead. How popular are those up your way? Uh, actually, they got pretty popular during the pandemic here. Yeah. It was just the only thing you could do, so <laughs> it kind of took off. I mean, I get it. So, like, is it, like, really stiff competition, then? Yeah, I'd say so. It's there's a pretty good competitive scene here. Registrations tend to fill up pretty quick. Free registration, or is there like money involved? Yeah, there's you can win money. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Enough enough to pay for the drinks, basically. I'm guessing. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, not enough to cover the gas anymore. But (laughs) dude, tell me about it. I, uh, I mean it. It is what it is. It's two older white guys talking wrestling. We're bound to talk inflation and gas prices. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. It was it was bound to happen. Had to happen sometime. Dude. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a film festival coming up like late September. Um, and I was like really kind of on the fence. I was like, do I fly? Because it's all the way down in Texas. I was like, do I okay. fly or do I drive? Because that's like a 12-hour drive to Austin. And I, I figured I was like, okay, gas should cost around four fifty, five hundred round trip. I'm like, oh, that's that's a lot. Let me uh, let me hop on Southwest and see how much flights are. Less than two hundred dollars <laughs> direct, one way both times. I was like, let's go. So you got to celebrate the wins, you know. Is flying still like? manageable in the states right now it's a gong show up here like it's it's terrible right now um so we've actually um we've traveled twice this year for work uh at first we did tampa and then uh last month we did vegas the tampa one was kind of a shit show because we used a smaller kind of private airline where they like they own the airport they like own the land they own all of it but there's like three terminals um so that that kind of sucked uh but yeah dude our flight to vegas i think it i think it cost maybe like 600 per person like more than that and i was just like dude that sucks but uh like i said it was a business trip so that's a write-off homie again let's get into tax write-offs we're two older white guys talking wrestling let's uh let's get into business tax write-offs well, that, that fits the description today. If we're talking about awesome segues, in other news, Vince McMahon's still a piece of shit. I'm glad we, you caught on to that. We have now upped his total to nearly $20 million. I think the number is 19.6 right now. 19.6. Like, five or six million worth of uh, hush money payments that he's paid out over the years that came on company dollars, which is a big time no no. Yeah, that's not really a tax write off like what we were talking about. No, no. 
And it's one thing to like do that in your own company. You could like pay that off and kind of escape that and pay the fines or whatever. But for a publicly traded company where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, selling and uh, big one. Yep. So WWE, sorry, let me try that again. WWE has received regulatory, investigative, and enforcement inquiries, along with subpoenas and demands from the United States federal government. So in other words, like if, if you're kind of loosely paying attention to this, it could go real sideways real quick for Vinnie Mac. Yeah. Uh, can you hear the excitement in my voice? Because I've been waiting for this dude to get his for, I don't know what, my entire wrestling life. So like 20 when, years. When did he, when did he escape steroid trial on skates? Cause that was the last time it came. Forward. I don't think I was around for, I think I came around post steroid trial. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I'm shocked he survived that one. Cause they were publicly traded at that time too. Weren't they? No, no, that was, that was like 93, 94. They went like <laughs> in 1999. So he did the steroid trial and then went publicly hundred percent went public. Oh my God. That's insane. That's crazy. I mean, he did go public like at the peak of the attitude era. It made sense. Well, yeah. I mean, well, it doesn't really make sense for your carny promotion to go public. That's insane because stuff like this happens, but it is what it is. Uh, only reason I wanted to bring this up um, in the show notes, uh, it's up to 19.6. Who knows if they're done? That's oh, ins- that's insane. Um, it's Vince's hush money. What about the hush money for the other guys? He's probably had to pay out over the years. Tell me Bill DeMott never had to get anybody paid off. Well, or if he used comp- corporate funds to do it too. Like if Vince was just like, oh yeah, it's a business expense. You know, all these people you sexually abused. Um, the other reason I wanted to bring it up was last week we talked about the ratings and how people are like, oh, things are going to change now. Uh, ratings have already dipped over 10%. So I, I think it's too soon for us to uh, take the victory lap on that one. I'll wait until Monday night football comes back before I, uh, you know, put on the, the windbreaker and start doing laps. Yeah. You can't make any meaningful trend off of, off of two weeks to some extent. I mean, it's uh, 10% from like the initial week. That's, that's a pretty big deal. Sure. But if we look at, I mean, this is a slightly different scenario, but if we look at when AEW launched, they had a huge drop off right off to, after the first two weeks. Oh, right. 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 But I'm saying like that, but that was also their peak for mm-hmm. a very long time. Oh yeah, absolutely. It took like a year and a half before right. they ever got back to it. So it's, I think that the early thing just showed us what the ceiling is right now. And over the next month, we're going to trickle down into what the actual viewership in a triple H era is going to be. Yeah, we'll see how many of those people who came back to watch um, can be retained. Um, <clears throat> all right, next up, let's do Battle of the Belts 3. Um, I thought it was a fine show, but I think we might as well just get right to the main event. Uh, yeah. Was there anything on the undercard you wanted to talk about? I mean, it was fine. I think it was probably their best effort so far for a Battle of the Belts. I liked it better than the first two. It's definitely a better show. And I, I think this ROH title match is probably the best. I mean, easily. Oh, the okay. best match that they've had on one of these. Uh, but going into it, there was like no buzz. Ratings kind of, you know, proved that they didn't really put a ton of hype into it. Um, yeah. But anyway, I overall, I thought it was a good show. It was just kind of criminal that they were just kind of like, and it's this Saturday if you really care. Um, dude. ROH Championship. Our boy, Claudio Castagnoli versus Konosuke Takeshita. 
Walk us through it, dude. So match went, gosh, it probably, I feel like it got like half the bloody show. Like it was long. It had to. Yeah, it was like, I think it was like 20 plus. Yeah, it was. I tried to timestamp it. Yeah. I haven't, the cage match will have it somewhere, but I haven't looked. Um, (laughs) But fantastic match, typical kind of, you know, if you've watched any old ROH, they both, they both fought generical before that vibe definitely came through. Also, it, it had a very, Japanese pace to it as well, where you can see Takeshita's background coming through with the pacing and the the structure of the match. Fantastic back and forth. Some insane spots on the home stretch. It's an impossible match to break down like move by move. Oh, absolutely. But I will say, yeah, I definitely put it in uh, my notes that both guys have that history with Generico, so them having chemistry. And what was basically a Generico match wasn't a surprise. There was like even like specific spots that like uh, someone broke it down on Twitter and I thought it was amazing. The only one I caught was Takeshita breaking out the out of nowhere blue thunder bomb. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hey, I uh, I missed that, dude. Yeah, um, like Generico a lot on the commentary on this match, too. I know. I know. They didn't mention him by name, but it's like. I hired him. If you know, you know. Which I think AEW is like, it's a wrestling show for wrestling fans. If you need stuff like that explained to you. Sorry. It's just, or just YouTube El Generico. Mm -hmm. If you don't know who we're talking about, you'll dig him. Um, I like this a lot more than Gresham Claudio from the pay-per-view. So this makes this, this makes this Claudio's best match uh, singles match so far. I like the Zack Sabre match, but that one, it was like 10 minutes too this long. This was better. This yeah. was better. Yeah, I went four and a half uh, first first match on the show. So a little, little spoilers for later, but th- this was the, I, I went four and a half. It was pretty easy for me. Um, a lot of back and forth, dude. There were a couple moments where I thought Takeshita had it. They did a great job setting that up and making it believable. He had some awesome near falls. His flying clotheslines so just look unbelievable. I know. Literally looks I, like Superman in the air. Dude. And then the reports came out that Triple H is interested in Takeshita. And I'm like, Shit. yeah, 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 I would assume so. A super, <laughs> a super tall athletic dude who's a good yeah. wrestler. Yeah. yeah. It's just him. He'd like to sign MJF too. Like, Right, yeah. And I posted in our little corner of the internet. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he wants Kota Bushi too. Like, I... Uh, yeah, if, if Triple H had his way, yeah, there's oh. a lot of people on Dynamite that would be getting signed. Like, I, yes, yes, I believe that report. Ridiculous, but yeah, I'm not quite sure how much longer uh, Takeshita's time or how much time he has left on his. Uh, why can't I think of the word excursion? excursion? So this is where it's weird, and I don't know how what's going to happen. So he is actually due back for. A special event in DDT at the end of this month, oh, and there's no word right now if he's coming back or not. But originally, when he came over, and like this wasn't like dirt sheet stuff. Like I'm sure this was said relatively officially. The plan was for a one year excursion. So I don't know if he's just heading back for a couple shows, and then we'll see him again a month down the road, or if this is going to be it for a while, and they just change plans off the original plan of a year long trip to America. Maybe visa stuff. Who the hell knows? But he will be wrestling in Japan around the end of this month. It would be a real shame if he went back before he could have a singles match with Omega. Yeah. Man, just imagine. I mean, Omega's not at his peak, and you can go watch a version of that match already, but 
I'm selfish. I want more. Uh, anything else before we move on? No, let's get to dynamites. We are cruising, bro. Uh, well, let's keep it going. Um, quake on the lake. Uh, we decided to kind of break the format instead of just talking about the things that we were interested in. We're like, you know what? We're really interested in dynamite. Let's talk dynamite. Uh, so for the time being, we're going to encapsulate everything we liked and dynamite. Um, Rampage too, if there's something there, but you know, I'm not talking about squash matches, so no rampage and dark and elevation for now. Anyway, uh, the show opened up with a coffin flat match between Darby Allen and Brody King. Whatever, it's um, not a real show. Do what? Said whatever, it's not even a real show. Call Corn Cob TV and say no. Or no, call Spectrum. Sorry, my <laughs> I botched. Botched the thing. Um, I missed like the first four minutes of minutes of this on the fight feed. Yeah. Yeah. Um I got it. I caught it. So it was fine on okay. TV, but what happened? Like I, I saw that I missed an avalanche code red, but that didn't bust up Brody. So like the so whenever my feed started, mm. Brody was like gushing blood and throwing Darby around. Break the skateboard? No. Okay, so you missed that entire arc then that led to the blood. So Brody comes in, does his usual spooky entrance, just as his entrance is finishing and they're about to introduce Darby. Like, his music doesn't even really hit. He It's similar to the Sammy Guevara match from one of the early pay-per-views where he just comes in like a bat out of hell out of nowhere. But in this just case, like cannonballs himself. Yeah, the lights were still super dark and everything from Brody's entrance. So it was actually kind of cool. Like it legitimately came out of nowhere. You didn't even know he was in the ring yet. And he Dang. just loads into Brody. And then he brought his uh he brought a skateboard deck in, not a full board, just the deck. And he uh stuck a bunch of thumbtacks to the bottom of the skateboard. So after yeah. he goes flying into Brody, he immediately grabs the skateboard and like scrapes attacks across his forehead and whacks him with it a couple times. They go back and forth. I gotta find this. And then, yeah, after Brody kind of starts to recover after all those high spots, he goes and steps on the skateboard once all the thumbtacks are gone. And so that's that's how Brody ended up leaking really, really badly. It was a lot, dude. And like that's like I said, that's how I like started the show. Uh, I was like, whoa. I, I kind of wondered if they audibled into those Moxley and Jericho promos a little sooner than they meant to, just to stall for more time to clean, because like there was a lot of blood and everywhere. Not the ring. They fought everywhere. Everywhere. Darby yeah. was on a mission to hit all of the guardrails around ringside. Like I think he hit every <laughs> single one. He did. Yeah. I, I, if not, he came close. Yeah, that's um, that's only happened a couple times before on the fight feed. Um, you know, I'm I'm streaming from let's see where am i the Docklands in the uk that's that's where i was watching this week um so I'm, i missed the first four minutes but i get to see everything during picture in picture and during this match uh taz said quote that girl's freaking out for the table she must be a hoot at picnics <laughs> amazing line taz on commentary Dude, whenever the commentary team is going to be Taz, Excalibur, and Tony Schiavone after JR retires, like we are going to have peak, peak funny dudes going on because the energy that Taz and Excalibur have, Schiavone feeds right into it. And if he's the kind of the out of touch older guy, but not really, oh man, that's going to be such a fun dynamic. 
going to be incredible. Right now, Dark is literally just a podcast to listen to. It is! Yeah, it's background noise, dude. And it's still funny. Um, so anyway, that, uh, that, that table that Taz was talking about, uh, Brody crashed through it after Darby moved out of the way. Shortly after, House of Black interferes as soon as Darby gets the upper hand, so that was kind of whatever. Uh, dude, let's have a quick conversation about Julia Hart. Um, I, I've never been a fan. I don't see the upside here. She was just kind of standing around and looking lost. Like, dude, she was a charisma void. I, I got nothing. I don't, I don't see it. Like, I don't get it. Is it because she's part of the Hart family and everyone's losing their mind? She's not part of the Hart family. That's all I could think of was that she was like some distant cousin or some shit. Oh no. Total coincidence on the name. There's oh, no- cool. Fire her. <laughs> No, I'm not going to be that guy. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I was hoping maybe you could talk me through it. I think the idea right now is, I mean, the spooky stuff is the spooky stuff. I think the whole her looking completely lost thing is supposed to be part of it. Like that segment they do that we'll get into with Miro later too. She kind of looked the same, like just completely motionless and like, what the hell am I doing? It was it was almost like this weird spooky thing where she's basically brainwashed and doesn't know which way is up anymore. Counterpoint, that's why they put her in the faction. I mean, chicken or egg, whatever you want to go with, but I think that's the idea with, with that at any rate, is she's supposed to be kind of in almost like a emotionless trance, which does get me <laughs> some like really creepy sex trafficking vibes and it's a little uncomfortable but, yeah it's not great like it's not they great basically sold her to miro in that segment and i was like ah this is this is not great guys i don't know about this oh you're talking about this weird european tatted up dude with his like who's like into the occult is like passing off little cheerleaders that he's given away to the guy who thinks he's on a message from god <laughs> yeah. Moving on, That's Brody exactly goes. What to, I'm talking about, uh, Buddy goes to open the coffin inside. It stings. Stingling's out, Buddy, with the bat. Goes face to face with Malachi. Um, I really hope we don't get a Sting Malachi match. That would be so bizarre. Um, maybe for maybe whenever way. Fight Forever comes out, that's the time to do it. Sorry, what'd you say? Said, I think if it does, it's going to be on dynamite as a build to something else. I don't think that's the main event. No. Um, and I don't think you can have Sting do singles matches anymore. Um, back in the ring, Darby escapes Brody's grasp by hitting him with a wrist wrapped in a steel chain. Then he wraps that steel chain around Brody's neck and lifts him up by the throat. Awesome callback because that's how Brody has been char- like choking Darby mm-hmm. out over the top rope, just letting him dangle and drop him. Uh, Darby dropped him on the floor, getting his revenge as Brody flops into the coffin and the lid shuts. Darby gets the win. I popped myself with the uh, recap. Just saying. I'm going to say coffin flop while I still can before we move on. Uh, Thoughts on the match? Yeah, I expected all the shenanigans with House of Black and Sting showing up. Could have done without it, but that's kind of the TKMO sometimes. There's a lot of outside interference, and it gets a little bullet clubby in a bad way sometimes. I I just don't like the lights going out. Um, even if it's a major surprise, I would rather like music hit and someone runs down, or someone just like jumps a barricade 
or comes out from under the ring. I don't, I don't think you have to do the lights out thing. Um, you know, aside from entrances, I think, I think that's, that's kind of a step too far, but I'm not the booker. Um, Mox cuts a promo, does his best to elevate the interim championship. A lot of talk about that tonight and why his match with Jericho is so important. Um, random thought. Uh, what would you say about Mox just shaving his head and like getting getting rid of the hair he's got left? It'd be totally fine, but I kind of dig the like mostly balding Moxley vibe. It works. It, just it does work for him. To, yeah, but either way, I think it's fine. I don't know, dude. Like freshly shaved, going in for the uh, the heel match at All Out. I think it would be rad. Just saying. Anyway. Uh, then Jericho cuts a promo. Uh, he just answers back, but there was like no sports entertainment oh, this, silliness, this which was uh, great. Uh, dude, this dude might be my favorite of all time, but we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> These trios titles, we've been hearing a lot about them, mm-hmm. we've speculated a lot about them. Now we have a bracket. You want to walk us through that? So it is a tale of two brackets. One side is very different from the other side. One of them is bonkers. Like one side, any combination of these four teams could be the final of the pay-per-view. I mean, whoever ends up winning the tournament is coming from the left side of the bracket. So we open up Death Triangle against Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. What? That's amazing. I imagine that's going to be the last of the first round ones because they got to get Osprey finished with the G1, but we're like on a break to catch over at least. Yeah, tell me about it. Insane first match there. Bottom half of the bracket, uh, LFI, we've got Alidolo, Roosh, and Dragon Lee for the third for that. Let's go! I've been waiting for Dragon Lee since Dynamite started, homie. Yeah. Presumably on loan from Impact. I don't think his contract's finished there, but I think he's in Impact right now. I haven't been paying enough attention. Um, but they're going to go up against the Young Bucks, and to be determined, we know it's not going to be Hangman, and I think that promo comes after the, the brackets were revealed. Yeah, we, we'll get it. We'll get into it. We don't have an opponent there, but it's still going to be LFI and Young Bucks, and it's going to be nuts. Other side of the bracket. We start off with the Battle of the Spooky Perverts, House of Black against the Dark Order. Squash match. I don't know. What? You think Dark Order is going to beat House of Black? I don't know that it's going to be a squash match. Like, (laughs) You think Press 10 Vance is going to be running roughshod over everybody? Or, (laughs) yeah, time for Johnny to eat. But Dude, as much as I like, I I feel like we're like the high men on John Silver. Like as goofy as he can be, like he he's really good. He's basically <laughs> mini Claudio, um, I, and Alex Reynolds is. I mean, I assume it's the Beaver Boys and Preston, but it could be Uno. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're free burning it, judging by the promos. They're the best <laughs> foursome to win the trios tournament. So is Hangman in the Dark Order team, or is he just in their corner? He's just in their corner as a that's right that's now. what it's okay. This I thought that's where, what he like, said. There's a couple scenarios when we get to the call your shot why I don't necessarily know that House of Black's going to run rough shot on this one. Um, what will likely be more of a squash match, uh, well, maybe not a squash, but the most obvious match on the card, uh, the Trust Busters against the Best Friends. If, if you the Trust know, Busters win, that is absolute insanity. If you don't know who the Trust Busters are, that's probably fair. You've met them for 30 seconds on TV. Oh, you don't watch Ring of Honor television every week? 
So it's uh, Ari Divari, uh, Parker Boudreaux, who is the uh, fake Brock Lesnar that got canned from NXT. And Which is Slingshot. that's going to look so bad. I would buy all the stock in this dude. Parker's going to be legit. So that's they are the trust busters right now. Um, I don't know if this is a spoiler because they made it pretty damn obvious. Um, Parker's fighting Sonny Kiss on Rampage. Sonny's clearly going to be joining the Trustbusters after. They sure. Let, they he, let you mean this random dude's going to join this random assortment of dudes? Exactly. But that's what's going to happen. But I don't know if it's a spoiler. I haven't actually seen spoilers for Rampage. They just made it stupid obvious on Dark, so yeah. it is what it is. But what that does mean is I don't know what Trustbusters are going to be against the best friends, which three are going to show up in the ring if Sonny's joined by then. But because the best friends are going to keep moving on. So call your shot. Who are the two trios that face off at All Out? Okay, so there's two scenarios I've got here. First scenario is the Bucks scenario. And I think the way this goes down, and this is why I had Dark Order in the mix here. So the play, the plan would be Young Bucks have to start with Cutler and they somehow skate by and they escape to the finals with shitty old Brandon Cutler screwing everything up, but they somehow managed to squeak out two wins because they're still the Young Bucks, insane as that bracket is. So they get to the pay-per-view and Omega's going to be the surprise to fill in for Cutler. So I don't know, he breaks his damn nose again, or we're just going full free bird rules with the whole tournament, whatever you want to do. Sure. On the other side, Dark Order's managed to scrape by, but they've piled up two injuries. So now you have the Beaver Boys and Hangman against the Bucks and Kenny. That's the that's, scenario where I see Dark Order coming through. That's been my call for months. Like as soon as they showed the trio's titles and they were kind of teasing Hangman, yeah. I'm like, uh, I think we're getting Omega and the Bucks versus hanger and the beaver beaver boys um i don't know though this is weird yeah. because the other scenario i see is death triangle against house of black uh again again yes but that would fit tony khan's booking to run something like that have the feud settle and then run it back for a title down the road it would fit his mo perfectly well i'll tell you why it's not going to be death triangle um even though i do think that they're going to be osprey and aussie open um i I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks lose in the first round. Neither would I. Not one bit. Um, that said, if this if the secret partner is Omega, they're going all the way and we'll be walking away with the titles. Um, yeah, this thing is really fascinating to me because as of now, Hangman doesn't have a clear path to all out. And that's really weird to me. So I don't know if it's going to be some combination of like, uh, the Bucks lose, and it was because of Cutler. And you know, they start beating down Cutler. Hangman tries to make the save, they beat up Hangman. Omega tries to save Hanger. I don't know, it, it feels really weird. Um, because like I said, Hangman, Reynolds, and Silver make the most uh, make the most sense, but stay tuned. Um, next up, dude. An insane tornado tag. Oh, Andrea, Andrade El Idolo and Roosh versus Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. This is a triple A and CMLL dream match. The forbidden door is alive and well. Um, what, what did you think about this match? So much fun. Definitely a Lucha match. There were definitely the spots where the Luchas laid around waiting to hit the next spot, but 
You just have to accept <laughs> Ash Styles. I'm looking directly at you, Vroosh. Yeah, I already read your show notes. I knew he was the one you were going out there. But, I mean, it's it's typical for Lucha matches to have that that type of waiting around. But it was a really fun match. Lots of great high spots. I, I dug the whole thing. Um, I'm really sick of the whole mask stuff, but at least this time Penta ripped it off himself just to get free. That was a little bit better of a way to do it. But I am so done with the, are they going to rip the Lucha guy's mask off now? that They've done that spot 300 times in the company's history, so... I'm kind of done with it. Um, I was kind of hoping. So we'll we'll skip the breakdown of the match. It's a really fun tornado match. Jr. even complains about the rules and picture and picture. No, a shocker to nobody. Um, my hope was Penta was just going to be like, "Fine, my mask's off. I'm still going to kick your ass." Yeah. Um, the idea that it's like so he unmasks to save Phoenix and then is immediately like, "Ah, my face." And then dives to the outside to hide his face, and then they just beat Phoenix mm. two to like two to one and win the match clean in the middle of the ring. I'm like that. That makes these guys look like absolute dorks. I hated it. Uh, next up, we had that backstage segment you were talking about. The Bucks apologize to Hangman. Uh, Babyface Bucks are back, but Hangman turns them down to support the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. Um. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> um, Luchasaurus squashed Anthony Henry for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, Tony Khan's just messing with you and I specifically at this point. Absolutely. Um, I, I, uh, Christian is on the video screen post match and congratulates him until Jungle Boy tries to attack him and then they fight the production crew. And lay out Pat Buck. So uh, Pat Buck makes his on-screen debut here. Um, Luchasaurus. Yeah, good for Luchasaurus. Uh, um, that really bizarre Miro and Julia Hart segment you were talking about, that happened. Yeah, that was unsettling. I mean, I get I... that's the vibe they're going for, but I don't think like sex trafficking was the vibe they were going for to make it unsettling. They were going for some weird supernatural shit. And it's not even like it was like an important angle. It was like literally just like join the dark side. Miro's like, I don't know, maybe, but I'm going to fight you guys. Just, I, I'm not going to be the shut up and wrestle guy, but (laughs) come on, Miro. Like, I I just want to see you wrestle. Oh, Hobbs is in the back with Mark Henry, QT, and his dudes interrupt and tell Hobbs they'll take care of Starks. Starks is uh, up next. No, no, not really. Not. They wait a couple segments. My bad. My bad. I skipped ahead. First. We got a couple promos first. Yep. Um, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and uh, Satnam Singh make their way to the ring. They recap the match and post-match at Battle of the Belts, which was a really good match versus Wardlow. Mm. I like that a lot. Um, they're not finished with Wardlow, and Wardlow's not done with them. Wardlow and FTR team up to even the odds. That is a damn cool trios match. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming we're getting it next week on Dynamite, if not Rampage, to pop a number. Yeah, it's when you're in the pinnacle, you're always on top. <laughs> Speaking of which, where's that bottom MJF? Um, I'm, I'm curious what's going to I mean, Spears will probably be back with MJF for a little while before his kit pops out. 
and then we've got this natural divide in the pinnacle now three on two so the num numbers don't add up because that's what happens when you start with an odd number but you can just add someone else yeah. you can just steal a parker boudreaux yeah i'm just from another if faction we're gonna, if we're going to call back that and end up that right back to that feud soon i would assume so tony khan's been pretty consistent seems with like stuff. that's why you'd bring ftr out and reunite those pinnacle members for this beyond them just being over baby faces but um Next up, the Jericho Appreciation Society is backstage. Garcia runs his mouth against Danielson. On a J, rear naked choke some random lady. Then we get Ricky Starks versus Aaron Solo. Um, former tag partners facing off. I love this pre-match video. I, love I thought it was. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I want more of that in my wrestling. I Maybe that would shut up the people complaining about like, I don't know these people. Why don't? Yeah, that's what I, I mean. don't... If they hadn't shown that video, everyone would have been whining about this random match that made no sense. And it took one minute of TV time to establish why it mattered. Yep. And I honestly, I think we need a lot more of that. Not just for like people who are just like, oh, my brain, I don't get it. But more just like for fans like you and I who are just like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot mm -hmm. about that. Or like if you were psyched, you were just like, yeah, this is so cool. I've been waiting for this all week. I, I mean, it just it makes the show more fun. So more of that. Um, dude, Ricky Stark's good guy run is starting here. And I'm putting money down right now. He's a future world champion. I don't know if it's here or in Connecticut, but he's going to be a future world champ. I think he'll end up with the TNT one not too long after Wardlow loses it. I don't. He might be the person to beat Wardlow. I mean, he could, but you'd have to. Have, I mean, maybe you can just do face versus face for that. But I could see there being an intermediate person between them. But I think the TNT title is in his relatively near future. An intermediate person like Powerhouse Hobbs, maybe. Um. Let's see, it was a good match. Ricky gets the win with the spear. Um, with the spear was sick yeah it was really Finds good the one way a lightning speed misses the spear solo tries the little like uh tornado kick or whatever you want to call it and starts immediately he hits him spear that was sick yeah dude ricky starks is so good I, I i cannot wait um billy gunn and the ass boys are backstage stokely hathaway interrupts and gets ran off danhausen interrupts and announces a match <laughs> that was tv time um how happy was billy to see dan house and just made yeah, his no, day I, <laughs> I, the gun club are going to be one of the like they're going to be getting a lot of trios matches coming up yeah. very soon i'm actually kind of shocked they weren't in the tournament yeah me um, too yeah and i i would assume that we're going to be getting a trios match with like them and someone plus the acclaimed um who would yeah. you stick with the acclaimed to uh make them a trio hmm not a lot of open spots right now from roster people who aren't already tied up. Stokely keeps buying the rest of them. <laughs> Fuck it. Maybe that's the way I get Kip Sabian over. I just shove him in there and it works. I was just going to say Mark Henry to fuck with you. Um, <laughs> let's see. Best friends are backstage. The truth busters try to pry OC away from Chuck and Trent. Doesn't work. They'll be facing off. Uh, I think it's Rampage. Um, really quick, TBS Championship match. Jay Cargill defeats Madison Rain. Uh, it's official. 
Jade has been undefeated more than Goldberg was. So it's time to change the lexicon. The big undefeated debut push is now called a Jade push. Um, she hasn't even ended the career yet either. I know. Uh, like I hate Goldberg so much. There's a video someone took. It was like two days ago. They met Bret Hart. Like, <laughs> like the five second video. <laughs> Today is August 2nd, 2022. Bret Hart. Do you like Goldberg? No. And that's the whole video. Man. Um, So you're probably the first one to ask. Um, I was loosely aware of it. So Madison Rain signed a backstage role with AEW, I'm guessing as like a trainer coach type person. Yeah, I think officially she's being called the lead coach for the women's division. How much of that lead is entitled? That's interesting. Reality, I think, is up for debate. Uh, maybe I might be wrong. Maybe she's not officially the lead, but like she's she's definitely a coach within the women's division, and that's her primary purpose for being in the company. If she's not, who would be the best person to be the lead of the women's division? Sorry, just bring questions like this on you, Kenny. I mean, he was at one point, well, and it was yeah. a disaster. Well, was it because of him or Brandy? She had a big hand in that too. It was real bad. Yeah, everything's Brandy's fault. So, uh, what were your thoughts on the match? Match was fine at best. Um, it there were a lot of bad spots that missed terribly. They yeah. they did not sync up well together at all. Um, actually, Serena Deeb is the answer to the coach. That's that's who should be leading it. But uh, that's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, actually, dude, okay. I I think. I think they need to simplify their women's division because like on paper, I think AEW has, well, here it is. I'm a Homer at this point, I guess. I think AEW has one of the best women's rosters. I mean, if you look at it in North America, it's like, yeah, WWE has what, like maybe like three or four women who I'm just like, man, you know, I, I wish that they could do better outside of here, but I, I don't know. I think AEW is deeper. It's just, they don't really, it's it's really inconsistent booking and there's too many people who aren't ready getting a lot of tv time um i don't know i think i think really we just need to do like hey hikaru shida tony storm you have a best of seven mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing that every single week on dynamite for the next seven weeks something like that and then you can do everything else on rampage like just something something where it's just like you are getting a quality mm-hmm. women's match every week um, the depth is there. They've got seven or eight deep that can put on yeah. four star plus matches on a consistent basis. And you got to get the Joshi's wrestling true to themselves here. I mean, if you look at even recently, that American Joshi style is garbage. That's the, you watch Sheeta in Japan, and Sheeta would be a star right now. She hits so stiff, everything is so crisp and perfect. And they come, I don't know if it's that the American girls can't keep up. They're afraid to hurt them, what it is, but it's not translating. I and think they're afraid to hurt. That but, has to be, has to be. Yeah. So even when Riho and Sakazaki paired up recently, like that match was a banger. They still held back a bit compared to Japan because I don't think the crowd would have been ready for what the reality was. But like, it's. No, I mean, um, there was all out. I think it was, it was pre pandemic. So I guess that was 2019. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the Sheeta Riho match, and it was just like that should have been an absolute banger, but it's just mm-hmm. like they were they're so scared. Each other. Yeah, they're they're scared to lay it in, and I'm like, dude, 
I was so psyched whenever like they were building the women's division Ooh, literally this, around Chikaru Shida. Joshi's. Man. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't get they it. need to figure that out now. And a lot of these other girls have worked with them stiff like that too. Like Tony Storm did runs there. Jamie Hader was a stud there. Like they can handle. I mean, you watch Jamie; she'll work stiff as shit. She can handle it. Like Jamie Hader is like criminally underused. Don't get me is, started on that. She's the best wrestler in the company. I think she's so phenomenal. Ooh. I'd even at this point, I'd even put her above deep. Like she's just on another. No, level. at this point, yeah, yeah. dang. At first, I thought that was a hot take, but then I think about uh, it, and I'm just like, I've been nah. running that hot take for a while. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm really high on her too. She's probably my favorite person in there besides Hikaru Shida. If she yeah. was like actually able, to... she was Shida. How good would Hater Shikar or Hikaru Shida be? My gosh! Like, just let them. I guess it. just let them wrestle in Japan, and yeah. we'll watch it. Oh, um, we did a tournament where they wrestled, where they had half the Japanese bracket, and they wrestled stiffer there. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, post <laughs> post match, Athena attacks Jade uh, with Chris Statlander out injured. You you have to assume Athena is the one that's going to dethrone Jade, right? I think we got to be getting close. I mean, or do we just keep it running and Jade goes like fifty and zero or some shit? I mean, because the thing is, like, Stat might be out a while again. It's the other knee. A knee uh, yeah, knee surgery is legit. Yeah. That like that's yeah. what nine months. Yeah, last one she made it back, I think, in nine or ten months, and that was honestly pretty damn fast. Like that I mean, was yeah, that's that's effort. good for that that's solid. good for like knee reconstruction. Like we she could be gone a year again. And you can't hold up the Jade plan for a full year to wait for Chris. So you kind of gotta move on. I wouldn't be surprised if Athena does because they've kind of built it up now, but who the hell else is left to do it? Well, that brings me to the I, next segment because um hmm? Tony's backstage with Rosa and Storm. He informs them both that Tony Storm's now the number one contender for Thunder Rosa's title, even though she would still technically be the number one contender for Jade's mm, title yeah. and doesn't have to face Thunder Rosa. Um, that this whole segment was bizarre because, like, they had kind of an awkward exchange, and despite being a team, they're not charismatic at all. Um, I I don't know, maybe. I think I'm ready to be done with Thunder Rosa. I've, like, like as a whole, you know, um, kind of on if I could make a trade with now. WWE where I'm just like, Hey, I'd give you Thunder Rosa for, I don't know. I don't think they're foolish enough to give us the Oshirai for that, but could, could probably swing someone else pretty solid. <laughs> I'll give you deep and Thunder Rosa for Bailey. I ain't giving up deep. No way. No deal. For Bailey though. Hard oh, mm. no. No, keeping Deeb. I think I think Deeb is going to be one of the people who goes back to WWE to be a coach. But anyway, going back to what we were saying, um, I I don't know. I have no feel on this women's division, and I could care less. It's wild. I mean, do we just go right back to Britt Baker? I think they're going to. In that case, Tony Tony Storm should be the TBS champion. Unless yes, we're Tony's, just unless unless Jade's gonna hold that title for another yeah. year. Tony can beat um, Britt can beat uh Thunder to get the title and then Hater can dethrone Britt a little bit down the road. I'm still amazed Ruby Soho wasn't the one to beat Jade. Uh I mean still could that's, be. That's wild. It still happened. Well, they would have to totally rehab her because she's oh. Ruby Soho's nothing right now. Like I said, I, I do not like this women's division at all. 
And honestly, I would take it off of Dynamite completely. It would be a much more enjoyable show if I didn't have to deal with this. Um, Because it's not like we're even getting like awesome women's matches on this show week in, week out. Like, it's important to give them time, but I'm like, dude, it. these segments are bringing the show down. And I know that's not going to be a popular opinion. I was like, who's who's actually hitting the blame on this one? Because the talent for the, for the women's division? Like, the talent is there. No, it's Tony Khan. Because it's inexcusable that it's being run so bad. Because it's to- it's it's there. Tony Khan. Full stop. He is he is the Booker. He is the guy. Um, yeah. I mean, he's far from perfect. Oh yeah. People think that you know we suck up to him all the time, but I'm just like, I, well, I, I like his show. Yeah, I would never work for him. All right, see how quickly he throws you under the bus. So not falling for that one. I don't know. I think it would be pretty cool. I'm into it. I wear I'd wear a Jags jumpsuit the whole time. Let's go. I mean, people already think I do work for Tony Khan, but I'm just good at predicting wrestling. Um, this week on Rampage, Brian Danielson returns again, I guess, and will speak. Uh, FTW champion Hook will also be speaking. Gun Club versus Danhausen and Eric Redbeard. That's a dark match. I don't know why we're doing that on Rampage. Like maybe that's why they're getting like almost like 0. 0.00 digit ratings. It's, it's they're on the brink right now. They're on the brink. That's, that's bad. Well, I mean, like, no, it's bad, but I mean, like, a for a Friday night show, it's just like, uh, it's 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 not good. Uh, Parker Boudreaux versus Sunny Kiss. Man, I would I would start pushing Parker hard. Oh, basically, it's, it's like, gosh. yeah. I mean, he's going to join them, but it's going to be a squash first. Um, AEW Tag Team Champion Swerve and Our Glory are also talking. So there's going to be a lot of segments on this show where people are just chatting, and I'm, and you know, maybe someone will interrupt them and we'll have new challengers for all three times who knows hmm. i would assume that someone will interrupt and they'll brawl orange cassidy versus ari davari it's so weird i'm 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 not used to just saying ari mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to get used to that and then the triple uh world mixed tag team championship sammy and tay versus dante martin and sky blue this show does nothing for me dude uh cassidy do what i think the mixed tag can be fun i mean sammy and dante can light the world on fire together so should be i wasn't i'm excited for cassidy davari uh i think that one should be really good everything else i don't know i don't know because like uh yeah i don't want to say that as much as i like sky blue and i want to see her succeed whenever her and Ty like that first, whenever Sammy and Dante had the singles match, Mm. it was just awkward. Everything was too flirty and no one looked comfortable. And so the idea of them having a tag team match, I'm just Mm. like, ah, there's a reason that wasn't on dynamite. It's cool. Um, I don't get defended though. Yeah. I mean, it's cool, but like title. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't be complaining. But like we could also have like Mercedes Martinez with the ROH title, 
Like, let's let's do something. Yeah, I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, next week on Dynamite, presented by Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. Are you psyched for that show? Nope. Cool. <laughs> Didn't even I mean, the main series. Yeah, I mean, I will probably end up watching it. My wife really liked Game of Thrones. I liked it too, but anyway. I think it's overrated, but... It's not the best. Um, It's one of those weird series where it's just like, whoa, that's a lot of episodes. And I'm like, yeah, there should have been like double. Like they really should have taken their time. Anyway. um, So yeah, next week on Dynamite. Andrade. Alidolo, Roosh, and Dragon Lee. I'm so psyched for Dragon Lee. Versus the Bucks and question mark, question mark, question mark. Official prediction, who is it? Cutler. I think it's Kenny. Tony Storm and Kylan King face off. Uh yeah, Kylan King's back. Is she she's not officially signed, is she? No, oh, she hasn't been on the show in ages either. She's been just on a not a lot of the indies that end up on like IWTV, so I haven't really had a chance to watch much, but a lot of the ones that don't get like that coverage, she's been on a mission on, on a lot of those lately. There was one like an hour away from me that was like an all women show. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. But I'm not going to drive an hour because it's like, uh, Rachel Ellering has a match and that'll be fun. But other than that, I'm like, ah, I think Kylan's been doing a lot of NWA <laughs> gas well. prices. Um, I haven't yeah. watched it because it's NWA, but, but she's on it. I think she fought Camille for the title at one point. That sounds familiar. Um, and then finally on Dynamite next week, we have the best two of three falls, Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Let's go. Um, spoilers, that's going to be match of the week next week. That's that's the theme match, right? You got the Dragon Slayer and the Dragon. That's- I don't know. That trios match is going to be pretty freaking rad. Uh, this that's, is the cross-promotion that- special. This is the this is the Shark Week discovery moment is this, this two out of three falls. Like, so like, Worst case scenario, it's fine because again, Roosh is involved, so it's like the floor is the pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, the height of this could be like I don't know, peak PWG, like whenever they're having just sick trios matches. Um, dude, I'm so excited for next week. <laughs> uh, interim AEW World Championship Lionheart Chris Jericho versus John Moxley. What did you think before we break it down? This might be my favorite Jericho match in the company so far. Ooh. I'm trying to think of what would actually top it. And I mean, Omega Jericho from Double or Nothing was good. Um, Jericho hanger all out. Yeah, Jericho was, Hanger. Was, that was like that was, I was there for that one, so I probably think higher than yeah. most people. Um, this was up there for me. Like this was at that level. Like up there with like the Mimosa match. <laughs> the the match against uh, MJF that was also at an all out. That one was really good. All right, so um, that's his <laughs> do what? So that's his pay per view. I guess so. Yeah, but. Crazy enough, he doesn't really have anything scheduled for All Out this year, so who knows? Let's do another Blood and Guts match. Um, Yeah, dude. uh, I'll let you finish. 
Anything else you want to talk about in this match before we start breaking it down? No, because all the fun stuff happens in it. Break it down. We get the old music. It happened. With White Zombie? Let's go! It's going to be Lionheart theme, and we got it. Comes out looking like, I mean, and thank God it's the version of him that's like slim and jacked right now. Because I know, that would have been such a bummer if this happened. It would have been a bummer if we got it. Yeah, if it was drunken rock star Chris Jericho cosplay. Pandemic Jericho. Like, it would have been bad, but this is this is fit Jericho looking like the Lionheart comes out. <laughs> like, that's a great way to start it off. Um, I have to laugh if I see your note about the guy with the sign store by Charlie sign. <laughs> I saw that sign, too. It's like, um, no, thank you, please. You paid front row money? And your sign is, is going to be, should sign Starboy Charlie. I've forgotten there was one sign that really cracked me up, but I forgot what it said. It was not that. I don't know. I'm too distracted. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of, we were going to talk West Coast Pro, but I didn't, we didn't really have time for it. And I'm secretly dreading that Starboy Charlie is going to be like, it's going to be his weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm praying. I'm praying that it's Tits Alexander's like ascent in the That's in the promotion. Okay. All right. Back to the match. Yeah. Um starts off pretty casual. Then uh our first little spot is Jericho quote unquote ripping out Moxley's earring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Moxley told him to just legit rip the thing out. There's no way he wouldn't have, but it was the pretty, pretty tame, cautious version. Um they go back and forth for a while. Obviously, Mox is going to get bloody during the match because it's Mox. And that's it was like happened. immediately. It was it, like they grappled for like 30 seconds and then Jericho's like, and you're bleeding. Well, the precedent was already established. Brody King was gutted like 20 seconds into that match. No exaggeration. Yeah. Like, it was hey, the- I started the show and he was bleeding. Yeah. So I was like, all right. Like, you didn't see him when he first got uh, cut open. Like that was old news yeah. at that point. So <laughs> like they had, they had to keep pace with that. So. Yeah, Mox is bloody, of course. Um, we find out Sammy's already back from wherever the hell they got married. I, I don't even know where the wedding was. Like, uh, somewhere expensive. Yeah, it looked like... It, it's somewhere money. where it's like, if you got an invitation, you're like, I have to pay how much money to fly to your wedding? I'm going to mail you a gift card. Get out of here. Yeah, but back from there, dressed up with his little... uh now Jericho Appreciation Society inner circle jerk jacket throws the bat to Jericho, misses brutally. Bat does not connect, so they have to distract Aubrey a little bit longer for Jericho to grab the bat. Um, Not a good look for Aubrey. Nope, nope. She did not look smart there, but uh, Mox kicks out. They keep going. We get some turnbuckle magic and Judas effect time. That got me. Yeah, that fully got me. I was like, oh my god, Jericho's winning the title on free TV. Let's go. What do you think about him kicking out of the Judas effect in this match? That's insane. That's like one of the most protected moves mm-hmm. in all of wrestling. I think the only one more protected at this point is literally like the one winged angel. That and uh, RKO are literally the only two. I meant like in this company. Um Dude, whenever we went our last AEW show, the one in St. Louis, like the Supercard or whatever, everyone kept calling like the people behind us were calling every single cutter an RKO. And I was like, oh man. Oh, I'm in the WWF territory. <laughs> but yeah, no, 
the the fact that he kicked out of a Judas effect is a huge deal, huge deal. And I, I honestly, I don't think that it's going to become a thing where like everyone starts kicking no. out of it. Um, or maybe they do. And he needs to find a new finisher. I mean, this dude has like what four finishers. So he all of them in this match. So he broke all of them out, including the lion tamer. I was yeah. like, yes, Walls and the lion tamer. Yes. Uh, breaker, Judas effects. None of them were enough. Um, that said, after Moxley gets his advance, he goes for his little bulldog choke. That's not going to do it either. Jericho's not going down that easy. But at this really point, technical. Like they they really walk the line between like technical and like oh, brawling and like bleeding and stuff. This was so well done. Um, I I absolutely loved it. Just that flow in between of just like I mean it, it's it's Mox at his at his peak, and I don't think everyone else gels with him this way. Um, most no, of his matches are kind of underwhelming. Sorry, what'd you say? They've they have great chemistry together. Yeah, so Jericho gets bloodied up. I think it was off the the turnbuckle spot that did it. Yeah, yeah, because it was like the old broken nose that got re bloodied. That was kind of the blood pattern there. Um, going to the lion tamer, not enough. Get it back into a new rear choke, and Jericho has to tap. They mentioned at the start of the match, both guys would love to win by submission. I think there was maybe one half-assed attempt at a paradigm shift, but not even that. Like the whole yeah. game from the start was a submission victory. Um, make of it what you will. The Judas effect coming in between Jericho's walls and Lion Tamer, and how that desperation reads into wanting to win by submission. I think there's a story to that. I don't think that was an accident that it became that it was between the other two major finishers. No, it was the fact that he that like was, Jericho was even just like, ah, forget it. I just want the win. I just want exactly the title. Right. Yeah. Dude, I um yeah, I teased it at the beginning of the episode. I went four and a half on this. Easy. Yeah. I, I absolutely love this. I, I think if it maybe got some more time, um, and we we kind of simplified the brawling just to be like more technical in the ring. Yeah. Um I I mean the awesome crowd, like you said, these guys have tremendous chemistry. Absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, I I don't know what else it would take to get a five. Truth be told, uh, it was close. I mean four four and a half is is as close as I normally get. I don't give out too many four point seven fives like uh, old Daddy Meltzer. Um, I want to have the conversation. I think Jericho is sincerely one of the candidates for greatest of all time. Oh, he has to be. Like I, I, at this point, I can't think of like anyone else who has not just reinvented themselves, but like this dude's in his fifties. Like I can't think of anyone in their fifties who had a better match. No. And like, he's been at the top level almost the whole time. Like he's always been near the top of the card with a million different ideas and ways to get there. Like there, there's so many different versions of him that have succeeded. Like, how do you not put him in that conversation? It's not one lightning in a bottle gimmick. He just did it again and again and again and again and again. And you're also talking about someone who like wasn't used properly by WCW or the majority of his time in WWE. I, this dude should be a way bigger deal than what he is. Um, I, I don't think enough people are talking about like just how special Jericho is. I think everyone just really had fun. Like, that shaming him and like once they found out that like you know his wife was like an insurrectionist 
it was just like, ah, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes on Jericho. But I'm like, dude, personal stuff aside, like, man, I mean, how many wrestlers in their fifties are like super chill politically? Let's, let's be, <laughs> real. we're talking about people with blunt force trauma repeatedly. Yeah. Connecticut um, just had Glenn Jacobs on their show. Like all bets are right, off. Right, right. <laughs> um, man, I can't, I can't think of anyone uh, above Jericho unless we're talking like peak Flair or like peak Hogan. But even that, it's like you're talking about a specific run in someone's career, dude. Uh, yeah, I think Jericho's my goat. Uh, all right, post match. This is. Some people would say it's more important, but they would be uh, slightly wrong. Jericho Appreciation Society and Blackpool Combat Club brawl. Um, how how can you blow this off post blood and guts like that? That should be like the the word done. Yeah, like, they did blood and guts, and they did the arena match. Like, what's left? So I don't know why exploding barbed wire. Let's go. Well, like, it's not like Mox can take part in it. He has to defend the title. Like, I legitimately don't understand the point of this. Yeah. CM Punk returns. Yeah. Uh, he gets an Austin-like pop. Um, I haven't seen a crowd lose their mind for a returning person. I don't think in AEW yet. There hasn't been that opportunity. And this was a packed house, and they ate it up. I think it was, like, close to 7,000. I think 7,000 was capacity. And I think, I don't think they sold it out. Um, so, uh, he moved around pretty good. Yeah. He's uh, looked pretty, pretty good. They're not bringing him out. If he's not ready to go for all out, like put him on the books. Well, that's that's Mox. Dude. Um, so what do you think? What do you think about punk being back and immediately going into a, a program with Mox? I mean, they have to. They have to resolve the title thing. What else are you going to do? There's no choice but to go immediately to that. Well, we got a month. You might, you might put in a, a little midway thing. Well, I might have a couple little tune-up matches along the way to build to it, but maybe he fights it. Maybe fights you to once and yeah. whatever. Like, so that brings us to it. We're a month out. Tony Khan normally doesn't finalize the show until like you know, it, kind of the week of that. He's still adding matches. Um, but it seems like a lot of this card is set in stone. Yeah. So, I think quite a bit figured out. I'm going to pull up our, uh, our corner of the internet chat. Cause I've written a fair amount of what I thought down in there. So, so I'm going to lead you off with a few matches that feel like they're going to happen. Yeah. CM Punk versus John Moxley. Being I mean, the chief of them. That. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, I feel like Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker is where they're going. Yep. I have that on my list too. Jay Cargill versus Athena. Yep. Um, this is where things get weird. Uh, Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. That feels I, like a slam I think dunk. That's happening on the pay per view. Yeah. Um, everything else is kind of up in the air. So, yeah. And some of it's going to hinge on the trios finals because there's a lot of people in that tournament that usually find their way onto pay-per-views and they can't all be in the final. So here's what I'm thinking. It's going to be bucks and question mark, whether that's hanger or Omega. 
Because really, it depends on who the mystery partner is. So if it's Omega, I think it really good odds that mm-hmm. it would be up against Dark Order if Hangman's in the team. Um, otherwise, I've got Bucks and Question Mark versus Best Friends. Uh, I feel like that's a really fun pay-per-view match that people would be down for. Um, and then Miro versus Malachi Black. Yep, got that too. I had okay. a question mark on that because Malachi was hurt and I wasn't sure he's recovered, but given that they're in the trios tournament, we know he's recovered. So uh, recovered enough to like, yeah. you know, spin kick. Um, dude, I don't know what, what does Chris Jericho do? Are we doing another fucking Eddie Kingston match? No, we have uh, Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. That was the challenge Eddie laid out. I uh, missed that. It was on a one of his promos on Dynamite or Rampage. I can't remember which. It might. Oh, been- I, I, I had to run through Dynamite and Rampage last week. Yeah, so he, I, was, yeah, I was out of town. It's it's Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara at the pay per view. Uh, I think we're probably getting Starks and Hobb as well. Starks and Hobbs. So here's how I want to book that. I would have Wardlow defend in a trip or triangle match mm. caught myself versus Hobbs and Starks That'd where you can have Starks eat the pin, but it's like there, you know, there's enough there. Um, I would assume that there's going to be one of those like battle Royals. There's got to um, be something to get some of the people on the card. Cause there's a lot missing. There'll be some kind of multi gimmicky thing. I have no matches for Jericho, Danielson, Phoenix, and Pentagon, and potentially Hanger. Uh, I added the Acclaimed on there because I think they're rad, and they seem to be on every pay-per-view. I mean, you could run the Acclaimed versus Swerve and Lee. I have Swerve and Lee versus FTR. Already? I mean, what would you have FTR do on the pay-per-view? The trios match? They could end up going to Japan to defend those belts for a small stint and just miss it. That's true. So I'll mark that off for the tag team. Um, Here's the last match that I have predicted for the All-Atlantic title. Pack versus Will Ospreay. Let's do it. Let's steal the show. That'd be so sick. Give Osprey the belt. Get him in AEW more often. Let's go. They oh. can have more rematches in Rev Pro. Let you want to talk about a best of seven series? Come on, come <laughs> on. So what else you got? Um, the only other thing I had was Pack defending it. I thought it was going to be a buy-in match against Kip Sabian because they've been teasing that one as one of the pre-show matches. Um, you could probably do that. I think that would be... Pre-show would be a reasonable way to try and reintroduce Kip credibly. Where Or if they did a battle royal, he could be the Joker. Yeah, that too. And I, I think there's some type... If they're, if, if they're going to push him. I think there's good... There, I mean, for how long they've built up this fucking cardboard box thing, I mean, <laughs> better push him. If you if that son of a bitch sat in the crowd for like eight months with a cardboard box on his head to get squashed over I and mean, over, like, oh my whenever God. I saw him do it in person, a lot of people knew who he was. Like there was well, a lot yeah, of murmuring and a lot of people pointing, it. like, it, "Oh, that's Kip Sabian." It worked. 
So now it's time to deliver on it, and hopefully he can hold up his end, and it'll be good. Um, Jericho versus Danielson, just to get him on the card? That, that might be where it ends up. I mean, going Jericho, against, Claudio? Yeah, like, could be again. We can't leave Jericho off this card. Oh, I got it. Jericho versus Cody. Cody's been out. It's time for him to come back. I haven't seen him since that ladder match versus Sammy. I know. Sammy's friends with Jericho again. I mean, it only makes sense. It makes sense, right? Wait. Oh. Oh. My bad. Um, What was your match of the week? I mean, I think I have to go Mox Jericho just because of the Judas effect. Um, otherwise, with that one spot removed, I think I'd still go Claudio Takeshita. It's close. That one spot edged it out for me because it's it's razor thin. I mean, but that's something that, like, again, let's get back to the goat conversation. It's a small detail mm-hmm. like that where it's like played out perfectly. It's such a big deal. It literally makes the entire match, and then it makes Mox feel even more dangerous because it's like, what is it going to take for this like dude to go down? So inadvertently, you're building up the match against CM Punk. Like, dude, Jericho's a pro. Um, I don't know. Maybe we do a triangle match. No, we have to do just a straightforward 1v1 in the main event. We can't just include Jericho. Although him, dude, him pulling an old WWF and walking out with both titles (laughs) would be amazing. I, I I would be on board for that. But I think we're getting CM Punk winning and MJF coming out afterwards. Uh, I, I that feels that feels pretty certain. Which I don't know how many people are ready for. Like basically, like the MJF tweener run. That's going to be bizarre because no matter where, where do you save him for the end of September for uh, Grand Slam? Have him show up in New York. And that's like all everyone's looking forward to is, you know, like kind of how they did like Punk's return was like a very loosely kept secret. Do you do the same thing with MJF where it's just like, hey, rumor has it he's going to be at Arthur Ashe. So you guys had better pack that place out. I th- I think MJF, you got to make it a real surprise. No rumor, just out of nowhere. So all out? Yeah, I think all oh, out. Oh, and then you do MJF Punk for the title at Grand Slam. Grand Slam, yeah. Oh. Dang, dude, we're really good fantasy bookers. Mm-hmm. Just saying, we need to do a spinoff pod where we just uh, <laughs> predict shit. <laughs> do like e feds against each other. I'm not. I'm not against it. Uh, maybe whenever you know, there's nothing to talk about. Uh, oh, and look at that. We don't have time to talk about G1. Oh, drats, drats. I guess. I guess I can't bury G1. Um. That said, go out of your way to watch Will Ospreay versus Shikingo. Um, Shingo Takagi is like legitimately still one of my favorite wrestlers, and him and Will have amazing chemistry. If you're just going to watch one G1 match, uh, that's the one to watch so far. Uh, so with that, I think we're in agreement that Jericho Mux was the match of the week. Match of the week. Insert sound graphic here that I haven't <laughs> made yet. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Jake. Mitch is the Bingo Hall Boys podcast.